G'day guys, today we're going to be talking about tendinopathy. Now, you may have heard of this as tendinitis, or you may have referred to it as tendinitis, but you won't anymore, because we're going to be using correct terminology, because the terminology with all things anatomy, it always tells you something about the condition, and when you hear itis at the end of a word, that suggests it's an inflammatory condition, and that really informed how tendinopathies were treated in the past as a real inflammatory condition, and then the treatment modalities of trying to do anti-inflammatory medications and icing and all these things sent people down a rabbit hole of what ended up not being very efficacious treatment. So the understanding of tendinopathy has changed a lot over the years and now there are inflammatory components to tendinopathies, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Now to rewind a bit and just be so everyone's on the right page, tendons are what attach muscles to bone. So people get confused between ligaments and tendons. Ligaments attach bones to other bones. Muscles are attached to bones via tendons. So when we're talking about tendinopathy, it's a condition involving the tendons. Now, what happens is you constantly loading up your tendons whenever you contract muscles, and they're going to be loaded via a few different ways. So obviously, the strain of a muscle contraction. When you stretch a tendon, that's a tendon load that it has to deal with. When it goes through a spring-like action, which tendons are really good at, and that builds a lot of efficiency, particularly in the lower body for things like running, because if you get that spring addition to your Achilles, that will help out instead of just having to do active plantar flexion, which is the pushing off the ground with your calf muscles. So they're really good for applying yeah for increasing efficiency through that rebounding stretch shortening cycle loading and then the other way that tendons are loaded is through compression so when you think about all those different ways and so compression would be when you're bending your ankle so if you're lifting your toes to the sky your tendon your achilles tendon is going to be compressed against the bone there so all of those different types of load are totally appropriate and the tendon We'll be doing that all day, every day when, when you're growing up and that's totally fine and normal. But with what I talked about previously in the episode about load management and the sink and tap analogy, we I have capacities for every part of our body. And if you overload a capacity in a tendon, what can happen is it goes through this process called tendinopathy. Now, I'm not going to go through all the kind of pathophysiology of exactly the inflammatory process and the reactive tendons and the yeah basically the pathophysiology. I'm just going to try and keep it as practical, practical and actionable for you as possible. But if you would like to know more, then that's something maybe we can talk about another time in more detail. But today is an overview. So when you have a tendinopathy, you've basically gone past the zone of adaptation. So when we talked about with capacity for a structure, if you're staying, if you're keeping your water within the sink, and if that makes no sense, go back and listen to that sink and tap analogy episode. But if you're staying below your capacity, then you will be not getting a tendinopathy. But as soon as you go above your tendon, above your tendon load capacity, if you go beyond your zone of adaptation, which is the kind of stress and the stimulus that you want to be working on if you're wanting to get stronger but if you go way beyond that and do what's what was referred to as an abusive load that can then set in cycle this tendinopathy process which is basically like you've, you've got 
the stress on the tendon that your body then tries to heal. So it sends all these structures, like inflammatory mediators and structures to try and quickly heal the area. But because tendons are very different to muscles, they don't have as much blood flow, the process is really quite different. And unlike muscles that just patch themselves up pretty quickly, tendons can go through this really frustrating process where it can then end up being a source of pain and weakness for quite a long time. So the tendinopathy can be, yeah, is one of the most common things I treat in the clinic. And it's often one of the most frustrating for people because they'll be thinking they're getting better and then they'll do something and it will set it off again. Because as I said, it is about this, like you have this abusive load and then your tendon becomes reactive and you have the tendinopathy. Then as it gets quite sore, people often will then take the approach of, well, with a muscle tear, I generally let it rest for a couple of weeks. So you let it rest and then you then try and get back to loading it up again. And then it's just as sore and people take more time off and then and underload. And that can lead to these really chronic conditions where basically you've lost a lot of load capacity and then it's much harder to get back to doing what you used to do. Now, a typical presentation with the tendinopathy, if we're looking at the Achilles, for an example, is that on the first few steps in the morning, it's going to be really quite sore and painful and stiff. And then as you get going, as you either start walking, jogging, running, just moving around, it'll start to feel better. Yeah, really quite quickly. And then maybe if you really push it and you go beyond what you're, yeah, if you work pretty hard, you might then start to get a bit of pain again. But generally it is this typical characteristic of it warms up and feels a bit better after feeling very acutely sore at the beginning. So when thinking about the irritability framework, I talked about yes in yesterday's podcast about how intense does it get? How quickly does it come on? And how quickly does it settle down? If you see this pain, you're like, oh, gets really intense and it comes on really quickly people you might think that's going to be something that where you've got this really bad condition that you can't possibly do any loading with but this tendinopathy type of injury is just so different to other muscle and joint injuries where it has different rules and different that it plays by so with tendons the yeah it can happen in the achilles as i said but you can also get this similar thing happens on the sole of the foot with plantar heel pain at the patella, which is the kneecap. So below it, you can get patellar tendinopathy. Above it, you can get the quad tendinopathy. That will often happen. The patellar tendinopathy will happen in jumping athletes usually. So young junk, jumping athletes, if they have anterior knee pain, it is commonly that. It doesn't really happen with other populations. It's mostly young jumping athletes. Now, it can happen on the lateral hips, so on the outside of your hips. That's more common in women typically, or people who have a lot of sway in their in their step, and that glute medius glute attachment tendinopathy can be really quite sore and and tricky. And then up in the upper body, I guess the rotator cuff tendinopathies are a pretty common one. And then for me, the one the most common injury I think I've worked with people over the years with has been for forearm tendinopathy. So that's going to be your medial elbow and your lateral elbow often referred to as golfers and tennis elbow and that's just yeah the most common thing i see because i've worked with so many people in the sort of gym world and particularly with people doing kind of calisthenics training as well as weightlifting and powerlifting and gym training it's a really common thing because it's that 
constantly overloading by having to do lots of gripping work and lots of yeah, sort of hand and wrist dominant work. So going back to what you do about it, the first, like the big sort of protocol that came about for tendinopathy management from an active point of view and not just giving people anti-inflammatories and whatever and icing, it came about from this chap who was stuffing with really bad Achilles pain and he just wanted to, he was so sick of it, it wouldn't go away. And he thought, if I can get it surgically repaired, then it, everything should be better. Because back then people thought that surgery will just fix everything. So this chap, Alfredson, he basically tried to tear his own Achilles by completely overloading it. So he started doing really heavy calf raises every single day, massive volume, trying to basically like thinking, hey, my tendon's weak. If I just, you know, really load it heavily and hard and frequently, then I'll just fray it and tear it. And then the surgeon will repair it because the surgeon, when he went to him, originally said, hey, I'm not going to repair it. It's not torn. So Alfredson thought, hey, great, I'll tear it. But in the process of trying to tear his own Achilles tendon, he actually totally resolving his own pain. So that, and he ended up then making the Alfredson protocol, which was the go-to way of managing Achilles tendons for quite a while, which is very, as I suggested, is like high loads, lots of it, just insane amounts of volume. Um, and yeah, that really surprised him and it changed the way that the physio and rehab world thought about tendinopathies. But then it started to get people realizing that, yeah, for managing tendinopathy, it all is all about building up load tolerance. And the way that's done has changed over the years. It used to be all about eccentrics and then it used to be like, yeah, the, the Alfred's protocol and then all about eccentrics and all about isometrics. But the thinking at the moment, the current best guess research, when I say best guess research, like with research, there's just always so much variability, but the best thing seems to be heavy, slow resistance. So people used to think metrics or eccentrics, but yeah, heavy, slow resistance. So spending just about as much time going up as you are going down is a good way of going out. Now where isometrics can be really handy. So isometrics are basically, if you were for your calf, for example, if you had your toes on a step and then your heel hanging off it, but you're keeping your foot neutral. So you basically not dropping your heel down. Your calf is doing a isometric contraction to hold you in that position. So you're basically contracting that muscle. You're loading that tendon without taking it through range. If you have a real like insertional tendinopathy, so a tendinopathy at the heel, as I said, right at the beginning, compression is a loading that can really aggravate it. So you're basically loading that tendon without going into compression. So all of these considerations about the different types of load, you have to be really aware of them. That's why physios are pretty handy because we can help you troubleshoot that. But basically, yeah, if it is that sort of insertional one, then yeah, avoiding initially that compression and then rebuilding your tolerance via like gradual exposure is the way to go and then with mid portion achilles so a bit higher up where i've actually had some challenges with my achilles that one's not going to be as sensitive to loading but it's yeah it really comes at play with that spring-like loading which i talked about earlier so any running jumping can be really quite challenging there so the approach is what you want to do is really build up that load tolerance through heavy slow resistance and it's a tricky one because you actually want to be working at a level where it is causing some discomfort because you want to be working at that two three 
four out of ten pain like hard enough that you're actually like pushing it you're trying to really stimulate some change but the hard thing is you don't really find out if you got it right until the next day so the 24 hour pain when you wake up and you you go for your first steps if that's really increased from your general baseline morning pain then you've probably gone a bit too far if it's about the same or a bit less then you're probably about right so that baseline pain is just it can be helpful if you note down each morning a little diary of even if you just chuck a number on your google it was like two out of ten three out of ten and then suddenly it jumps up to six then you think back to what did you do the day before either was it strength exercises or maybe you went for a run or did something a bit more challenging that you haven't done for a while and then you start to get that sort of sense of all right i want to be pushing this i want to be gradually increasing its strength and load capacity but not overloading it and then setting yourself backwards but i hope the really key thing here that people are realizing is it's not rest we don't want to just rest this and wait for it to get better because you will just decondition and it'll stick around for a long it could stick around for a long time but at the same token we don't want to totally ignore it because then if you're just continuously creating this abusive load and not giving it a chance to recover because remember it's stimulus plus recovery equals adaptation we need to get that equation to get past tendinopathies. Now I've focused on the Achilles because it's one of the really common ones, but for and and but for your forearms, for your for your knees, like all of it, they you've still followed those same principles. In the forearm where it might be flexion and extension wrist curls, if it's an, a rotator cuff tendinopathy, might be external rotations. And for your quads it might be like slant board squats so you can see how it's just simple exercises it's taking really just trying to load that tendon quite specifically but being really aware of that 24-hour pain as your feedback for the amount of intensity and volume you do now that's the basic management but then when it comes to return to play for sports like particularly with an achilles as i said at the beginning you, you, you there's different loads that it has to deal with so that stretch loading and that spring loading if you're just doing heavy slow resistance you're not really giving it that specific adaptation and if you look back to a previous episode i did about the said principles specific adaptations to impose demand we really need to go from that building up strength and load tolerance to also be progressively exposing it to that spring-like loading and again if you're got the compression aggravation as well we do want to be also working our way into dealing with compression as well so remember it's with that return to sport it's all about like gradually exposing your bodies to the thing but with tendinopathy it's all about that 24-hour pain as the feedback so i think i'll leave it there because otherwise i know i can talk about tendinopathies and go down rabbit holes but i think that's probably a good overview and then i'll probably do episodes where i go more specifically into each area of the body because they do all have their little tweaks and different things that apply like shoe selection for achilles tendinopathy makes a big difference like flat shoes compared to higher heeled shoes and different grips can really change how your elbow tendinopathies go so i'll talk about that more in future episodes i'm sure but if you do have a specific question about it wherever you're listening to this send me a question or jump onto the adpt physio accountability group facebook group because and if you do have a tendinopathy it's all about doing the simple things consistently and that's exactly why that group is there it's trying to incentivize 
doing the simple stuff consistently because I know having had tendinopathies before, I even gave myself a medial elbow tendinopathy because I never had one before and every patient, it felt like every patient I was seeing had one. So I was like, I'm going <laughs> to give it a crack. And what I ended up doing, I wanted to kind of show that it's a lot of people overcomplicate this stuff by trying to add in these like silver bullet exercises, but really it is all about load tolerance. So what I did was as many pull-ups as I could in a week. <laughs> so just every time I went past the bar, which working in a barbell, uh, sorry, every time I went past the pull-up bar and working in a gym, that's quite a lot. I did as basically pull-ups to supinated pull-ups to failure. So they're the bicep ones. And then I also did as many wrist curls as I could get around to doing during the week. And then sure enough, I had tendinopathy by the end of the week and it really stuck around for a while. It was quite hard to get on top of it because it is so touchy sometimes. But I wanted to show that the same exercise that hurt me, so doing the supinated pull-ups and the wrist curls were exactly the same exercises I used for rehabbing my tendons. So it really highlights just how important getting that load management right is. Anyway, that's my side. And yeah, the accountability group is a great way of getting some guidance and getting some help to follow that process through. So hopefully that's interesting. And if you have any questions, hit me up. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode.